Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm very excited for this week's show because I'm here with my movie love, uh, <laughs> my wife Erica Bromley. Hi, babe. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm going to move the <laughs> microphone a little closer to you oh, if that's okay. You couldn't hear me well enough? It's it's never enough. I want full <laughs> ASMR in my ears. Just you do the whole show. Yeah, please do, and then just like a wrinkle podcast. a plastic bag or I don't movie lovers. What kind of weird stuff? They just brush things, Here, right? Like... Isn't a lot of. There you go. Yeah, just scratch the working? top of Dr Pepper, and oh, it's working for me. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different on this week's show. We're going to be talking about not one but two new releases. Woo-hoo. First, we're going to talk about Hustlers, the new J Lo uh, crime drama slash. I don't want to call it the stripper movie because I feel like that's um, that kind of reductive. Yes. Yeah, so we'll call it a crime drama. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Three from Hell, the latest from writer-director Rob Zombie, the sequel to The Devil's Rejects, which this week, if you're listening to this the week it came out, had its premiere and closing night, really, uh, courtesy of Fathom Events. It played Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That is its full theatrical run, just those three nights. Wow. Before its Blu-ray release this October, I believe, it's already coming out on Blu-ray. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I didn't it's know a that. Very, yeah, I think that just was announced okay. like today or yesterday. No wonder. I saw someone somewhere post something about how oh i can't someone get to, somewhere someone, posted something yes <laughs> um saying that um he wasn't able to see it in the theater but that he'd be buying the blu-ray blu-ray right away yeah you don't have to I, wait very long right if you okay missed it but do we know why it was a three night only no 31 thing? did the same thing it was only okay. one night i okay. noticed uh, an advertisement for the new kevin smith movie is doing a two-night fathom event so okay maybe it's just certain filmmakers with like niche audiences can do this they and they'll sell out some Fathom events. Everybody's going to come out to those nights and we'll make. But a they don't have to pay for the marketing for a full theatrical right. run. I guess I don't know. Okay. I don't know if Lionsgate is doing Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I don't know. Obviously, they're the ones who did Three from Hell. Okay. I don't know if they're doing Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I know it's playing one night at the Music Box. It has two screenings because Kevin Smith is going to be there. Okay. And then it has a two-night Fathom event release. Are we going to that? To the music box? Yeah. No, but we can go to the Fathom event if you want. Okay. The music box, I know the first show sold out already. That's right. And the second one, I think, is at 10. I think we had the We're same We're not going at 10 on a school night. Why? Oh, it's Plus, a it's in October. Right. What's with, oh, Scary Which Movie Month. Exa- I Gosh. don't need to be watching Jane Silent I'm Bob movies in October. Already booked. Um, I we should have flipped these and done Three from Hell in October. Right! Thank you. Thanks for understanding. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I was wondering why the three nights were also during. I mean, I know that it's not the work week for everybody. People have different jobs, and different hours, and people work weekends. And um, but a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday just seemed odd not yeah. to include like even like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, right. Saturday, Sunday, right. or a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I could do this all day. You could really yeah. different combinations. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thursday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It could work. It could. Mm-hmm. Um. Bew, my Bew, have you seen anything good lately? I have. Let's well, hear about we're, it. We're going to talk about two new releases today. That's true. Um, okay, let's let's go back a bit. Um, we watched some William Castle stuff because we got the William Castle box. Yeah, we did. And that was super fun. I really um, loved everything we watched, and the kids were kind of getting into it, too. I think it was the perfect, like... Set up to us bringing out our Halloween decorations, mm-hmm. which we have done already. That um, is true. As of this recording, <laughs> our house is decorated for Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was fun. And um, then we watched Spine Tingler, the William Castle story, 
little documentary about him, which you had yeah. seen already, right? I saw it at um, a music box. It wasn't a music box massacre. It was called A Terror in the Isles. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was at like the Portage Theater. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was just an all-day thing. It wasn't an overnight thing. Right. And it was the first time they had done it. And the first movie they showed was Spine Tingler, okay. the William Castle story. Yeah. So, yeah, I had seen it a few years ago. Yeah, I love it. I just – I knew about him and I knew – but I really – I became so interested that I was, like, reading things on the internet and just – I don't know. I want to see everything now. He just we seems can. Like we such have a the box like, fun and lovable guy and the stuff about Hitchcock – sort of ripping him off but then him ripping him off from psycho like it was so interesting for homicidal right as everyone calls it right homicidal homicidal we say homicidal right yeah is it why do we say that because i don't know from chicago maybe it might be yeah or i don't know homicidal is right maybe that's just the decades have changed but i don't remember it being called homicide life on the street (laughs) no um that was that was fun too okay um then what else um, we watch, well, I showed Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which we have seen many times. I showed that to my movie club at school, which is a club that's open to all high school students, um, who just want to learn more about movies and watch movies that they don't get to watch at home or that they missed in the theaters or that they want to see again. And I had a really great turnout. They didn't know what the movie was. I didn't tell them ahead of time. It was our first official meeting and I, at the last minute, I was going to show Jurassic Park, and at the last minute, I changed to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and it was a huge success. They loved it. There were about five kids there who had seen it before, and they stayed and watched it again and were happy, and then all the kids who were watching it for the first time were really excited, so it was fun. Your next one is in October? Yes. And so I you need... want to think of a yes. scary movie? And actually, I'm going to put a call out to the listeners. I don't know if there are any, but um, there's a few, right? Like a handful? A handful. Okay. Um, I would love ideas for PG-13 movies that are my mind goes to either good. poltergeist or the sixth sense <laughs> okay Ooh. those are the first two that jump out at me i'm gonna have two meetings in october poltergeist we don't have i actually really do have two set we're, we're oh. like a monthly club because it's like low on the totem pole but um i have two set for october because i figured it's scary movie poltergeist movie. we don't own on dvd we have oh, it on blu-ray goodness i only have so, a dvd player at school i know hey can see if the library has it yes this is probably a conversation we could have off the No, podcast. but I really do want anyone who's listening to <laughs> yes, suggestions for the rest of the year. Not yeah. Scary Movie Month necessarily because Patrick just gave me two good ones. But um, the rest of the year, I need PG-13 movies that would be high interest to kids because this is a you know voluntary club or whatever. But um, And that are good, though, are worth showing. You know? Well, that's where just... you'll have... They, a range of opinions that's on true. what's good. That is absolutely true. But sometimes, you know, students will joke, like, can we watch? And then they'll name either the movie that came out like two weeks ago or they'll name it's like Step Brothers or something. Like, <laughs> that's not, yeah. That was our, so. Yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. do it. Can't do right. it. Right. Um, all right. Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Very good. Fun. We Anything watched else? The Fanatic. We sure did. What would you like to say about the fanatic? You know, what's to say about the <laughs> fanatic that Rob and Adam didn't already say True. about the fanatic? True. They had a very interesting conversation about the fanatic at fthismovie.com. Find their reserved seating piece. Uh, Mike Delaney just recorded a full-length commentary for it for Splathouse that we ran. So that's available. Mm-hmm. Our website is full of fanatic talk. Um, fanatic fanatics. I was not crazy about it. Um, <laughs> I think it's a misguided movie in a lot of ways, in almost every way. I think mm-hmm. it's a misguided movie. I don't think it's a movie that's utterly without merit. I read at least one zero-star review, oh. 
and I don't know that I can get behind a zero star yeah, review, no, right. but I don't know how much higher I'm going. Okay, sure. Well, it didn't look terrible. Um, not all the time, but sometimes um, it did. It was kind of dark and blue <laughs> yeah. for a while. In, it was blue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. Um, I don't know that John Travolta was, I don't know, the right choice that role or maybe just well, he certainly committed way. to it yeah he did he did i don't know something i don't just, know who would have been the right choice once they made the decision to make the character sort of very much on the autism spectrum um, that that was their choice yeah i don't really know who would have been the right okay. choice because anytime you get an actor doing that you become very aware of mm-hmm. this is an actor doing this thing right and it just took me out of a lot of it yeah. and um and I guess sometimes I, you know, I am so good at suspending disbelief, but sometimes I can't help but throw in, like, in my mind, like, just throws out these, that could never really happen, or that he would have already been arrested, or, and I try not to do that. I'm really not that person, but I don't know why I'm the fanatic. I was, I was letting, like, reality Got slip it. in too yeah. much, you yeah. know, so... Like, oh, I can't say that. It would be a huge spoiler. Yeah, don't but, spoil okay. anything. Yeah, I won't. I won't. But there's one scene where something happens and you're just kind of like, hey, um, is <laughs> is that going to be dealt with? Or are we just right, dropping right, right, that? Right. And then, yeah. So. Would you say it's better than Gotti? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, Gotti. <laughs> um, in some ways, yes. Gotti really felt like a bunch of ideas and lines of dialogue um, filmed and spoken and recorded and then thrown into a basket and then poured right. out on the streets of New Jersey or New York City. And Jersey! They, yeah. hey. And they painted some accents over the whole mess and I don't know what came out. I was not a fan of Gotti. I thought that was a train wreck. No, I think this is a better movie than yeah, Gotti. Yeah. It's more competently made. Yeah. It has an actual through line. Yes, narrative and, right. and yeah, there's a beginning, middle, and end. The Travolta like, perform- performance is about equal to his yeah, performance in Gotti. But, yes. uh, um, but uh, I would definitely say it's a better made movie than Gotti. Right. Anything else that you've seen? Well, we watched Late Night, which... Oh, that's right. I feel... <laughs> <laughs> we were keeping up with new releases in the summer pretty well for a while, and then... I don't know. Then we just missed some big ones, and I felt like Late Night was one of those. I mean, not that it was a big yeah, one. I don't know but you, no, big not one. a big one. But, um, I, you know, there was a lot of advertising. I saw yeah. trailers for that a yeah, million times. Sure. Um, but, you know, we saw what came up before that. We saw um, Long Shot, remember? We did. And did you review it? I did. I thought so. I liked um, it. Yeah, I liked it too, a lot. And I remember at the time saying that and talking to some people about it, but it seems like recently people have been discovering it. Did it just. I don't think people went to see it in the theaters. And now bad. that it's out on DVD and streaming, I yeah. think people are finally catching up with it. Because okay. I think it was financially unsuccessful. That's such a bummer. Yeah. And yeah. I just, it was so. Because it's good. Yeah. And this is why we can't get good movies. I know. Because, you know, I know, Aladdin makes up, like, half a billion dollars, oh but goodness. Longshot scrapes to 30 yeah. million. No, but something. we saw Longshot. We saw Booksmart. We saw a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then. We missed, we missed Late Night. Late Night. Darn it. Darn it. Um, so I liked Late Night. Okay. Yeah. What did you think of Late Night? <laughs> I was painfully indifferent towards yeah, okay. Late Night. Painfully uh, indifferent. Like indifferent is one thing, but painfully indifferent. Because I just, it's kind of a shrug of a movie. Yeah. It wants to be about certain things. 
Mm-hmm. And then I don't think it's totally about those things. Okay. Um, like, it's like a light version of I those things? I appreciate the fact that, like, it's about two women. Yeah. In a professional manner. Um, Male-dominated industry. Absolutely. I think there's a different version of that movie that is produced by Judd Apatow that's about, you know, a male protege and a male talk show host. Mm -hmm. And I'm less interested in that version of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it has that going for it. Emma Thompson, of course, is good because she's Mm -hmm. always good. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know. Yeah. I mean, but I liked it. I was I was never I wasn't bored, I right. wasn't angry at it, right. but I don't know that I could say that I liked it. I was just going to say I wasn't mad at it. Why why is that? Cuz sometimes we do get we... mad at movies. <laughs> I've been mad at movies before. Yes. I was not mad at late night, Have but I Have you been I, mad at anything else lately? Uh, I don't think no, so. You haven't been I don't mad. think we've watched anything that made me mad. No. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, I don't think so the fanatic what else i don't know <laughs> what else is there besides we the watched fanatic friday the 13th night. part two and part three for friday the 13th of we course did. and that was fun which one did you like better um part two yeah yeah two's the better movie but yeah. three's really fun mm-hmm. this one reminded me that three is one of my favorites uh, two's one of my favorites also yeah, right. but four three two five okay not wait, in that they, order they're not, but they're not not in that order no oh, it would go go in your order. give me the order four two Three, five. Okay. Those are my top four. Okay. Yeah. You're not going to give me the rest? Then one. Okay. Then six. Okay. Then seven, then eight. Do you remember when we saw part one at, I think, a midnight screen? I sure do. At AMC many years ago? I sure do. It was so fun. It was fun. It was one of the worst prints I've ever seen of any it movie. It was weird. Yeah. It was really uh, grainy, But our friend Nora Kay was with us. And yeah. she, it was like torn and it was, t- it was in terrible shape. It's so weird. Like they should not have been showing it. Um, our friend Norke was with us and freaked out so bad at Jason jumping out at the end that I think she's still traumatized by it. I've never seen a, and that is not a jump scare that has ever worked on me, but I've never seen a jump scare work on someone the way that jump scare worked on her. That's so funny. It was really something. Oh, she is our friend who, I think she had to walk out of Sixth Sense, right? Sixth Sense. No, I don't think so. No? No. What did she walk out of? Blair Witch? Well, she because, was kind of sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah her, it was the, yeah. the motion sickness. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's never walked out of something because she was like too scared. No, okay. I, I guess think. maybe I'm just thinking that after we saw it, she like really was affected by it. Well, there was a Sixth Sense story, yeah, because we were trying to freak her out after we saw it. Yeah, we were. People kept <laughs> sitting down right next to her and then we would move and then somebody else would sit down right next to her. It was very strange. <laughs> it was a very strange phenomenon that was taking place. Anyway, let's talk about what we're going to talk about this okay. week. So first we're going to talk about Hustlers, the third movie from writer-director Lorraine Scafaria. Mm-hmm. Lorraine? I don't know if it's Lorraine, Lorraine. I don't know either. So I will apologize in advance I if I, I say her name. I guess Loren, I'll say Lorraine. 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 Okay, Lorraine. Um, and I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. But she made Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, a movie that I liked a lot when I saw it mm-hmm. and don't want to revisit. Yeah. Yeah. And then she made a movie called The Meddler, which was very good with Susan Sarandon and Rose Byrne that we saw, we saw on that. one of our anniversaries. Yeah. Um, one of our anniversaries. <laughs> well, one of our anniversary dates, I should yeah, say. Yeah, not, not our... We go to the same movie theater um, on the same date every year for the last 20 years. Right. And that was our movie one It was like year. our movie date. Right, right, right. right? One yeah. of our movie dates. Right. One of our... Yeah, because it wasn't actually the first movie we'd seen together. It had other... The Meddler? No, we had seen other no, movies. No, I mean I like know the... what you're saying. <laughs> At that, that theater. That anniversary mean, date. I understand. Right. Got it. Because our first movie ever together was... Wild Things. Yes, it was. <laughs> As it should be. Of course. So our ridiculous. first movie alone together 
was. Do you remember? Oh, I'm the worst girlfriend. It's okay. I'm the worst girlfriend. Um, ever after. Ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ever Our after. second ever. We still quote ever, ever after. Ever ever. Enemy ever of, after. Enemy of the state. Oh my god. I remember that one. Okay. Very well. Is it because we were like ten or fifteen minutes late? Is it because I worked a shift at Blockbuster no, right before because, and had to shower? Yes, and, it's because you had to yes, shower and you had wet hair. I had wet hair. <laughs> oh, were you like, why is she going out with wet Not hair? Not even like, a little ju- bit. Oh I was just excited to be at the movies with you. Yay. Mm. Um, Hustlers. <laughs> what do you think, babe? Performed very well at the box office. People were surprised by how much money it made. Yeah. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, it's good news. It's hap- I'm happy for movies in general, right? Because it's just like... Yes and no. Why? Why? Oh, Because <laughs> there's I so know, many movies that made so much money that can't. I'm not happy about that. Okay. I can't be happy when The Lion King makes a billion dollars. I know. What I meant to say, with a little more detail, I guess, it's good for movies that aren't Aladdin remake or The Lion King. Right, right, right. That's what I mean. I hear you. Um, like, I know there was a lot of positive press coming out of, you know, festivals. Like, it was at TIFF and somewhere else maybe, too. I don't know. I feel like that might have been it. Okay. Um and yeah, reviews. I was seeing reviews and getting um, messages about stuff that just like people were really loving it. And so since then, I haven't really read a ton, but I was skimming a few um, this weekend. And it's interesting because I never am one like I won't if I read if I feel a way about a movie and I read a review that it totally has a different opinion on that movie. I won't change my opinion just because of the review. Even if it's really well, I will love reading it. I love to learn. I love to hear what other people think, but I won't necessarily change my opinion. With these Hustlers reviews, it's interesting because I, I agree with so many. I agree with all of them, like even when they're saying different things. So I read one that was kind of a take saying it's like it's too light of a story. It doesn't go deep enough. And I was like, okay, I can give it that. And then I read another one that, that, that said it does need to go deeper because um, – you know, the point is really more about like what the women have to go through and what they, um, what their struggles are. And it doesn't matter if we don't like really go in depth with like what the, you know, what kind of guys these men were. It's like surface level is enough basically, right? So one is saying it doesn't go deep enough. The other one's saying surface level is fine and appropriate for this story and that the movie still works. And I just found myself agreeing with all of it. I'm like, yeah, I liked it. And um, I can see a point to some of the criticisms, but. It doesn't change my mind. I, I thought it was good. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know that I'm ready to crown it one of the best movies of the year. I don't know that I'm ready to talk Oscar for Jennifer Lopez. Oh, can I interrupt you for Please. a second? I'm so sorry. No, um, don't be. That's that was one thing though. For. I had kept, I kept seeing lots of buzz. Like, oh my gosh, Oscar performance. There was some clip going around where she starts crying when someone mentions like. People are talking Oscar for you, and it's sweet and emotional. I'm, like, so excited for her. I saw the movie and thought she was awesome. Like, she's so good in it. She she gets to, like, play to her strengths, and then she seems like this veteran actor who really knows her stuff but then is bringing something, like, kind of new. I don't know. I just – I thought she was great, but I still wasn't like, oh, for sure, like, shooing for the Oscars. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can really like a performance and think think it's excellent, but not think it's best actress. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't I, know. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else is this year. There's still so much coming out. I don't out. either, and we're obviously about to enter awards season, you right? Know, but right. I guess you know she gets a lot to do in the part and yeah. kind of digs into it. I think, honestly, if I'm being cynical, and sometimes I am. Oh no. Um, <laughs> there's a little <laughs> bit of the dancing bear syndrome, which is like she learned how to 
do some of that dancing mm-hmm. for the movie, right. right? Yeah. So the fact that she gives a good performance. Oh, and she learned how to do this thing. Because I remember, you know, we gave an Oscar to Catherine Zeta-Jones for Chicago. Right. And it's like, is it a great performance or is it because she also <laughs> sings and dances? Right. Well, it's because she also sings and dances, Jennifer right? Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson, right, exactly. <laughs> um, and so it's a little bit of Dancing Bear where it's like she gives this really good performance and she learned how to do this amazing, you know, pole mm-hmm. dance. Right. Um, that's very, like, athletic and yeah. impressive. And I'm not even... And awesome. I'm not trying to be Sexy. gross or whatever. No, I know I'd you're not, so I'm going to be. It was super hot. <laughs> well, you can okay. be. Thank you. Uh, I will not be. But it well, it's very impressive. Like, even mm-hmm. when she's teaching Constance Wu how to do... Here's how you do right. this. Here's how you, it's like, right. wow, yeah, that's pretty amazing that you know how to do all that stuff. Right. Um, I don't know that that's why people are talking Oscar buzz for her. I think it's just honestly rare to see um, a female lead in a movie like get a lot to do. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> like, right. And, that's, and part of it is just like it's Jennifer Lopez and she's never really been part of that conversation before, but she's been a movie star for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so some of it is just like it's a little bit, maybe it's her turn. Yeah. Yay, we get to start talking seriously about her as an actress and not just as a movie star. So there's all this other stuff that plays into it, none of which is to take away from her performance, which, as you said, is very good. Yeah, right. And it's a little bit of a cliche, right, that she, the women, you know, the one thing about the movie, I'm totally jumping ahead, like there's a, it's a little heavy on like the um, girl power scenes where they're like popping the champagne and like, ooh, designer bags and stuff that like, and I will admit that's just like not me, right, to, I don't care. So, but I get it. I get that, that sort of, um, you know. The success, you have to show it, right? So you have to wear it. You're going to show how successful you are because it took a lot to get here, and for especially for some of those women and people in general, right? So they like to show it off. But um, it just went a little heavy on that. And so those were like the cliches came in. And with her going back to her performance and her character, some of the – you know, I'm the older one, so now I'm taking the mama role, right? right, right. They still had Amber Waves. <laughs> oh, are you my mom? Will That's who it was reminding me right, of. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I turn to you and start like saying Probably, yeah. those lines from. Are Boogie you my Nights. mom? Ask yes, me that. Right. Yeah. I am always just. You often ask me that, though, which is yeah. weird. You just seem disoriented. I, I just always thought it was kind of hot, but you're not into it. <laughs> okay, gosh, I misread everything. <laughs> um, no, but Jennifer Lopez's character. Um, definitely Samantha, right? Sure. <laughs> I think. No. No. Oh, Samantha is the Sex name. The <laughs> no, Samantha's the name of the woman in oh, real life that her character is R? based on. Samantha's the one in the article because this, of course, everyone knows this that the the movie is based off of the article, um, the Hustlers at Scores. Ramona. Ramona. Yes. Yes. So Samantha, I think, is the name of her in real life okay. like the woman in real life because you read a little bit about the actual a little bit yeah and i wanted to read more there was but... like a slate piece or something that was kind of comparing oh, the yeah. movie to real life right because you were telling me a little that. bit about it yeah that was that was interesting. i know nothing about the real case okay. except for what you told right. me well so the hustle of scores was um written by jessica pressler and Again, here, like I just found, here's a modern Robin Hood story for you. A few strippers who stole from mostly rich, usually disgusting, in their minds, pathetic men and gave to well themselves by Jessica Pressler. Well, then it's not a Robin Hood story. (laughs) Right, right. Because Then it's just stealing. 
because they didn't give to others. Right. They didn't give to the poor. But in a sense, but see, the, in, a, in a way, though, you could say that's who they were, right? Because opportunities were not as easily available for them in the sort of Main Street market at the time, sure. job market at the time. Sure. And I wish the movie would have gone into some of that a little bit more. Like, we see examples of things that aren't fair and how it's harder for women. And even when, am I allowed to say a sort of spoiler? Um, I guess sort of spoiler coming up if you don't want to hear. Fast forward 30 seconds. It's definitely not that much of a spoiler, okay. though. Okay. Um, so Constance Wu plays... Destiny. Destiny, right. Dorothy, but Destiny's her stage name. And it's pretty early on in the film that she gets a boyfriend. Right. And... That maybe maybe I shouldn't say. Maybe it's too much of a spoiler. Probably. Okay. But she finds herself in a situation that ends up oftentimes um, being harder for the woman. And so the movie goes into that sort of uh, that sort of, the, those sorts of things a little bit. I wish it would have kind of um, gone deeper into the real struggles that women had. For example, just like how society is still sort of kind of set up where you know if women. Um, get married really young or have kids really young and then something doesn't work out if they didn't have like a backup plan financially or career there's still it's still just not fair <laughs> it's still like right, you right. can barely afford childcare or to to get your job to so there's just so many issues um and society as a whole is much better than decades ago but it's still a struggle and i think that the movie could have maybe um hit a couple of those points a little harder and it would have been even i don't know just it would have maybe strengthened the story overall a little bit more than just being like the women who... Do you worry that it would have tipped too far over to like soap opera or like women's issue movie? Well, maybe. Not soap opera. I was thinking it might get too just like too political or mm. too like not in a soap opera way because again, she directed it so well. I loved I love what she did with so many of these scenes. Um, so she directed it so well that I don't think it would have been soap opera. But if we went into those sorts of issues, maybe it just would have become like a you know, social or justice movie that, I don't know, there, would have taken away from the spectacle. <laughs> I wanna, and I want to come back to that in just a second, but you brought up she directed it so well, and I mm -hmm. want to just point out that it was very reminiscent of, of a Martin Scorsese movie, mm -hmm. but without mm -hmm. constantly calling attention to, hey, isn't this like a Scorsese movie? Right. Because we've watched stuff before. I specifically remember watching... It was a TV show. Maybe The People versus OJ? Something Ryan Murphy directed. Okay. And it was like S Scorsese trying porn. So, yeah, and it was embarrassing. Like, it was trying so hard, but it seemed like... It was desperate and obvious. And seemed like an exercise and not yes, like a final product. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we could watch that we could say, okay, that's obviously very influenced by Scorsese. Right. And this movie certainly does that. There's a montage near the end where they bring in like a song. And it's not a Rolling Stones song, but still, you <laughs> right. know, it's like, okay, they're clearly doing Goodfellas here. Um, well, I turned to you and I said, I think I quoted a line from when uh, Henry Hill tells the babysitter right. not to use the phone. Right. And then there's another thing. I was just like, yeah, right. it really was giving me those Goodfellas vibes. But I think in a way it comes by it honestly and it's not just imitating Scorsese, I which totally I agree. appreciate. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, it feels like more of an homage in an honest way. Um, I, I think there's an interesting, you know, political undercurrent to the movie that's very much about what happened in 2007 right. and sort of 
which I love. I love that part of it. So like I could, but go I don't through. think they go overboard with it. No, which they I appreciate don't. Because That's I think what I'm saying. Yeah. I think this could have been an Adam McKay movie, right? Where characters stop and look at the camera and explain to us exactly what's going on, right. and tell us. Now here's why this is a thing, right. and here's let me explain something to you. And I'm really glad that they didn't. Mm-hmm. I also wonder though if the movie had come out a little bit earlier, if it would have played even better when we're we were still a little bit more raw about how screwed over we all got as a country by these Wall Street guys because there's something cathartic about right. seeing them then get right. ripped off, you know, at the same time that they were scamming the rest of us. Right. Um, there's no part of me that really feels bad. And that's, you know, smart on the part of the movie. And then it gets to a point where you do start to feel bad for some of these right. people that they're taking like advantage of. Case, right. This exactly. guy, but go most for it. Take another just, card. And then the next guy, you're like, oh, no. Most of the time you don't care, you know, right. and then they make sure that at a certain point you do. But right. like, um, I just, I feel like we forgot so much of that. No, now that you say that, I... Yeah, you're right. And it's depressing because <laughs> forgetting that stuff is going to like cause us problems for the way right. that we vote or what we do in the future. Well, obviously. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> oh, I laugh, but I cry. <laughs> I'm crying into the microphone. Um, <laughs> now scratch the Dr. Pepper. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Good scratching. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there actually likes that. Okay. The, you doing the voice, not me scratching the Dr. Pepper. They might like both. It was me scratching Call everyone. Us later. <laughs> um, okay, but you know, you mentioned that it had to come out maybe a few years earlier and been closer to all of that. Would it have been even more like impactful? Or not even necessarily impactful, but popular? I feel like it would have. Yeah, I mean, it's super popular. Yeah, right. It's doing very well, and it couldn't have come out that much earlier because right. th- these events right. yeah. aren't. Yeah, 12 that years old, ago. Right, right, exactly. In the article. Um, okay, but then the, the other side of it is, in another way, it feels like it came out at just the right time, okay. right? Like we're sort of post, not post, but like all of the Me Too movement um, stories and exposure that come out, especially from Hollywood. And I know there, there some of those stories came out of Wall Street too, but I don't feel like they got as much attention um, no, it was mostly entertainment, yeah, it seems like, yeah. where, where the most prominent stories right. came out. I'm not saying that's right. the only place it happened, my right. goodness. but No, but oh my gosh, when you go back and who you study early like, filmmaking and early studios, though, you're just like, oh, yeah, this has been around Yeah, for forever. sure. But it's been happening right. in every Absolutely. industry and in every job. Right. It's just that the people who were kind of the high-profile people mm-hmm. who were right. canceled right. Uh, seem to come from entertainment. Sure, yeah. So, so in another way, though, because of that, it feels like maybe it you know just came out at the right time. And you know, as a nation, I think we're more we're more um, willing to accept different things that women might do for jobs or for money. Um, and we're also a little more willing to I don't know, just to try to understand like the deeper things at play in these issues right like um like men men and women not getting paid fairly right or the same like there's still an issue with that although it's come it's so much better right it's so much better um but i think that we're just ready for these stories a little bit Mm -hmm. more than we even 10 years ago i don't think we were ready i don't know and then speaking of 10 years ago or like 12 years ago 2007 um i did i started reading a piece and didn't get a chance to finish it again i just pull all these things up and i'm like oh i want to read this i want to read this i want to read this and then it's like i have a job and kids. <laughs> these things will sit on my i have 
20 tabs, 25 tabs open on my computer. And when my students see that, they make fun of me hardcore. Like they're so. You should make fun of them back. Yeah, right? No, they're they, not they tease me. They lovingly tease me. But they're like, what are you doing? Why do you have so many things open? I'm like, I'm curious about a lot of things, guys. Okay. A lot of plates in the air. Um, so I started reading something. Uh, that was talking about 2007 and sort of like how it was this time where strip clubs, especially in New York City, these high-profile strip clubs were, they were fancy. They were attracting big money. Um, the women looked really good but looked a little more, and this is, I'm pulling this from the article, like wholesome than maybe like whatever sort of stereotype of a stripper from the past had been. And mm-hmm. I, You know, again, I don't know what that means and everyone has a different, you know, opinion of what that might mean, right? But it was just like really beautiful women and the men were excited to be there and party with them right and um yeah scores i mean i even like knew what scores was right it was just like that's from from stern Stern. (laughs) right but exactly like that's part of it too it was just more mainstream um and i don't know so that i don't know where where was i going with that (laughs) oh my gosh just talking about how it was that we're more ready for this kind of story right and and like it had grown to a real field, like a real opportunity for women, right? right. Like right. they were truly making money, I mean, way more than we make, right? Um, and so it changed, I think, how people even uh, looked at that as a job and an industry and an opportunity because they felt like they had run out of opportunities. Right. It's interesting, too, that the not all of the marketing seemed – and I don't know much about the marketing because I probably only saw – one trailer, maybe one TV spot. I didn't I don't see know. very much either. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem to be entirely. Jennifer Lopez plays a stripper, right? Um, even though I, you know, I'm sure that's part of it, which isn't. It's a smart business decision, but I'm just thinking back 20 years to something like striptease, mm-hmm. where the all the market. Can you believe Demi Moore and she's playing a stripper and she's right. the biggest? Which at the time she was the biggest female movie star in the world and collecting yeah. this enormous payday. But think about something like striptease and just how sort of maudlin and dishonest that movie feels yes. compared to something like Hustlers, right. which, um, again, does seem to be a more kind of frank look at this world. Right. And while it definitely shows you in the trailer like a little bit of what you're going to get, right, it's more about these are women who came together for a cause and the cause even if even if you don't agree with it or you don't like what they did um you get a glimpse into like the reasons why they did it and how it got to that point one thing i saw in the comparison piece that i was starting to read with you the other day or to you (laughs) um was that dorothy the story where she agrees to actually perform a sexual act for three hundred dollars but then he, oh, sorry. That's okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry. Um, Again, fast forward if you yeah. don't want this. Okay, fast forward. <laughs> this um, thing spoiled for you. Yeah. So she agrees to that in the movie, and it ends up that he only left 320s, not 300s. And she's it's sort of the end of her rope, right? She's had a couple setbacks, and now she's like, I'm at the hit bottom. And is that when I think she sees... Jennifer Lopez's character again. Okay. Right? That sounds right. So in the article, there's no mention of that story. So there's like a couple things that maybe Which the I'm director added. I totally am too, right? They, it's like you're making you have a movie. To, you're not just it, adapting an exactly. article. Exactly. And you have to add that to give an added sense of urgency 
or desperation for the character because she may have had it in real life, but... And a reminder of what scumbags men can be. Yes, 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 right. And that's a great example. Not just the guy like pushing for what he wanted, but the fact that then he scams her in the end. Like, it's just awful. But um, yeah, so I don't have a problem with them like changing little things like that just to add the... A little bit we are empathetic and and sympathetic for these characters, but um, they get to, you know, they hit bottom and they have to figure something out. Part of the conceit of the movie is that it is being told via flashback. Oh, Um, let's talk about that. Yeah, well, that's why I bring it up. (laughs) Um, Most of the movie is told by Constance Wu's Wu's character Mm -hmm. to a reporter played by Julia Stiles. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while in the middle of all the action, we cut back to present-day Constance Wu talking to Julia Stiles. What was your take on that? Okay, here's my take. And Julia Stiles is playing, did you say this already, the journalist? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, My take, which I didn't know in the beginning. I was like, oh, is this a detective? Is is she in jail? Um, Here's my thought. Or just a shoulder to cry on. Oh, that's nice. Friendship, friendship. Friendship's good. (laughs) Um, The movie opens and then doesn't cut to them having their... um, you know, close conversation. They're sitting like on couches or chairs across from each other, but right. there's a lot of like extreme close-up shots used, um, cutting between Julia Stiles and Constance Wu. And at one point in the movie, I felt like they weren't even in the same room together. But we'll talk about that in a second. But cutting, maybe they weren't. I, I have no yeah, idea. I just, I there were so it's possible many. Possible that Julia Stiles was only available on certain days, and okay. they just shot all her angles, you know, yeah, separately. It, it it was distracting to me. I'm sure most people don't care, but I. I couldn't stop. Like, think, why so many close-ups? Like, I wanted a two-shot. You know, I wanted I would to, need see, to them see it again. I don't remember to, a single two-shot, but that doesn't yeah, mean that no, there wasn't like, one. Like at the very end, I think there was. Okay. Um, I think yeah. And I had read Julia Stiles uh, really wanted to do this movie. Like, she kind of you read about it, heard about it, something I don't know, and she really pushed for it. Um, that was interesting. I hadn't seen her in anything for a while. Right? What's the last thing she did? Um, I don't know. She pops up in stuff. Yeah. I don't remember. I just the remember most that run when it was did. like yeah, she yeah, was yeah, in everything sure. we were she seeing. Was you know, like to be a big thing. Ago, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Those stories, but okay. So they are having these, you know, flashbacks, right? The whole thing, and then cutting back to them having the conversation. And the first time they do it, it pulled me out of the strip club or whatever the last scene had been, and I wanted to go back there. I didn't want to sit with Constance Wu and Julia Stiles at first. Did you have that reaction at all? Like um, the first or second yeah, time we cut back to them, just because yeah. you realize. Because it immediately fast forwards to where Constance Wu ends up, and that's jarring if you don't realize that, like, oh, she's going to be this normal suburban woman. Because during the strip club stuff, you don't know where her character is going right. to end up. So yeah. to jump forward like that is like, oh, how do we get to this point? How does she become this person? I think that's what was jarring to me more than like the conceit of her talking to Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. And then the more it went on, the more you get used to it. Right. And, then right. It, I became. Totally used to Acclimated. it, but the first couple times it's like, no, I go bring me back to that other movie, right, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was it was just distracting a little bit. It seemed some of that seemed stiff at first, but again, it got better. I got used to it, and then it was fine. Um, that's the only stuff that I would question. Like again, just kind of how it was shot, I guess, you know. But what do I know? Who is your uh, MVP of the movie? Um. Okay. Well. They're all 
they're all so gorgeous that I can't even if we're I mean I know that's not what you're asking that was but not I'm, what I was I'm asking, distracted no, by their beauty right to now okay this, I mean they're so <laughs> you can they certainly talk about all this gorgeous but I mean Jennifer Lopez I guess yeah, she's great. Yeah, Kiki Palmer to me oh my steals every scene that she she's does, in. She does though. Yes, yeah, she's oh, she's so good. She's and really I, funny. I like Lily Reinhardt too. Yeah, as but two people Kiki who Palmer don't watch Riverdale, sure. right? Yeah, she was a very pleasant surprise. She mm-hmm. has good comic timing and yeah, um, is playing somebody who's different than all the other characters, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But yeah, Kiki Palmer kind of steals all her scenes for me. What do you think of Cardi B and Lizzo? Okay, so that and I think we talked about this a little bit um, off. The mic. Oh. It was a little bit distracting. Yeah, that's right, to everyone. Me. We talk off mic. Off mic. <laughs> um, it was a little Jettis. distracting to me. Yeah, their I mean, appearances. It, it was like fine. It was totally fine, right. and they were great at what they did. They're there to but, be in the trailer so that people will go see the movie. Yeah, and, and you know what? I was thinking about this. I'm happy if it brought young people into the theater. That true. makes yeah, me right. so truly right. so happy because you may have grabbed a few people who went just for them, and now they're seeing a movie like that and with that sort of quality, and they're seeing it in the theater and experiencing that, and I love it. So it's great. But the way that I – I think, again, the one or two times I saw the trailer, I thought they were going to play a bigger role. And I didn't – As I didn't did do, I. Yeah, I didn't do any like pre-reading on the movie. I really knew very little nope, about it. Um, so – that was almost just when they when I realized, oh, they're not coming back. I don't think that's it. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I really loved those opening scenes at the strip club, and I thought, okay, so the way that she filmed it, right? It's a strip club, and there's some nudity, and the girls are wearing lingerie and all these different outfits, and and you see it all, right? But it didn't feel like the male gaze. It felt like a female director for sure she you could see their bodies you could see that they were beautiful and sexy and all of that but it didn't seem like it was exploiting them at all ever even when j-lo was doing her dance it was like oh this is this is great (laughs) but i just felt like the camera would pull away at a certain time or um there would be somebody would walk in front of the camera just a little bit there'd be like a shadow of a person maybe in the club so that you saw her like you saw her land in the splits and like Grind on the yes, stage. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hump the floor. Does anyone say hump anymore? HDF, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, like the camera, I don't know. It didn't, it let you see what was going on because that's the point, but it didn't seem like it was exploiting them at all. Well, it almost didn't seem to put sex first right. with her dance. It was like more about the performance mm-hmm. and more, like I said, I was noticing sort of the grace and athleticism of it more than I was like, oh man, that's so hot. Right, right, for sure. It wasn't just about trying to turn people on. It was like, no, this is an actual performance. Like a skill and a talent. Yeah, right. Right. Not anyone. I mean, even you have to work at it, you know, like. Right. Yeah. There were a ton of cuts, I noticed. And I only noticed that because I was comparing it to, I just showed a class swing time with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. I just showed a class singing in the rain. Right. And you notice those (laughs) dance scenes have no cuts. It's just one long performance. And these dance sequences were full of cuts. Right. Which, whatever. Right. You know, they should have shot it like an old Broadway musical. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) Right. But it didn't, I mean, it could have been... It could have been, quote fingers, worse in that regard. Like, I did still feel For like sure. we saw extended takes of her, like, Obviously, she's really things. doing yes. it. Obviously, oh, right. yeah. she's very talented. You right. Know? But, yeah, yeah. 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 No, she was so great. And I, again, I just love, it was filmed 
And we appreciate and sort of we like we appreciate what she's doing. We respect it. Like you said, you're in awe of the athleticism um, and then her personality. Right. And when they would cut to a close up and she gives a certain look with her face and it's just like, oh, there's J- there's J-Lo. But like you don't you're not pulled out of it. Like I never right, was right. like, oh, she's not that character. It was just like, oh, she's bringing this to this character and it's perfect. Um, and she's 50. I think. Yeah, she's 50. going on. 35 right. yeah, yeah right right which is that's a whole nother thing so okay i maybe imagine this i haven't seen anyone write about it but to me it was so telling of the overall themes of the movie too in what women have to go through and how the expectations of women to even like just to not age, right? Women shouldn't age. Men, please age. Age faster. Your salt and pepper hair is so sexy, but like women, you shouldn't age and you should go backwards. So when Constance Wu, Constance Wu is, um, I don't remember exactly what scene, but she's in the club and I think she like worked all night and then she's in maybe a cab going home and it's a 10 second or less moment and she's kind of leaning up against I mean I only saw this once so I apologize if I'm getting it wrong but she's it's early in the film she's leaning up again like right before I think she learned like how to get better at mm-hmm. it right because mm-hmm. I mean I think everyone knows this that Jennifer Lopez's character takes her under her wing teaches her things and teaches her literally how to like pole dance and stuff too um but it's about much more than the pole dance as everyone finds out um but anyway in this cab ride home from the club at like you know sunlight sunrise hours She's leaning against the the car door on the inside looking like tired, right? And there's, I don't know, less than 10 seconds of a radio clip. And it sounds like two, you know, male DJs doing a morning talk show. Chester and the douche. (laughs) Who were those guys that had the show that was super like, like (laughs) sound effects? I know, but I feel like there was this one, the two dudes... I don't know. The two bros. Oh, my gosh. It'll come to me tonight, okay. and I'll sneak in, and I'll add to this recording. What station was it on? It was, I don't They were like, in, like Stern used to complain about them all the time. Opie and Anthony? Maybe, but no, I think they were, okay. like, I think they were a little more on the, like, morning zoo, oh, lots okay. of sound effects, yeah, right? Whatever. Sure. Anyway, yeah. it sounded like two guys, and it's kind of in the background. You don't even notice it, but I notice it, because what are they talking about? They're talking about something with, like, a woman's body, like, like a woman's lips or her figure or something or did she get plastic surgery and they're talking about it in this demeaning and sort of like you know oh gosh this woman do this <laughs> right like it's just so demeaning to women and i'm like that's so perfect yeah. like she definitely chose that clip of some radio yeah, show glad you noticed to it. use in right. that scene right because here's this girl about to go on this journey of oh. life-changing you know decisions oh. right right but but you have to it's like bigger hair right i mean I didn't even know for the longest time like how many performers were wearing fake hair. Like your hair has to be bigger and your eyelashes have to be longer. I can't like it's there's the expectations are insane for women now. Yeah. How are we still here? I agree. I don't expect those things. I'm barely wearing any makeup right now. Yeah. And you look beautiful. Oh, you're sweet. So there. Oh, my gosh. And who are all my big celebrity crushes? They're all older than um, Sigourney me. Weaver. Yeah. So <laughs> never say women shouldn't get older. That's right. I know. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, Lorene Scafaria, kind of three for three now. So yeah. I'm super excited for whatever she does next. I hope this leads to more and more movies from her. For sure. And I, real quick, I, I did appreciate um, there was a moment in the movie when I thought, oh, are these girls, are, are they all going to start um, 
being competitive, right? Or like very early on when Constance Wu's character is new to the bigger, flashier, you know, wealthier strip mm-hmm. club um, in Manhattan, right? Um, you know, she's the new girl. And so many stories, the new girl all of a sudden is hated because she's the new girl. And oh, is she competition? And I love that it didn't really go there. And it just... Yeah shows you how oh, it's you know, about them right. taking care of each other right and, and, and we need people no woman right. is an island and right. we all need to help each other out and it yeah. takes a village and all of those cliches that are true yeah 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 mm-hmm. all right so let's move on and talk about three from hell we will try to talk spoiler free because most people haven't had an opportunity to see this movie yet yeah i'm bad at spoiler free i keep messing up it's okay, okay. you know there's one spoiler that i'm gonna give away right at the top and i'm not you gonna are? spoil what happens, but I'm just going to let oh. people know Sid Haig is not in this movie much. And if you're right. paying close attention to the marketing, you can pretty much tell. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that has everything to do with his age and his health. Um, you know, he wasn't going to be a principal character in this movie. So the three from hell, Sid Haig is not one of them. Um, Richard Brake is really the third, who and I think, most of you know from 31. Right. I think people knew, right? Like we knew... From, you can tell just from by, the ads yeah, and yeah. stuff. But at the same time, I do think he's so beloved that people were like hoping, right? Like, well, he's just going to be in a different role. He's not on that poster, but right, right. we're going to see more of him. Um, so, I was surprised yeah. by how little of him was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I knew he wouldn't be in it much, but. And just the timing of it, you know, just kind of. Right, because he just. Yeah, sad. He's just. Had his accident. Yeah. And, but he's, he's reportedly recovering now, yeah, so good. that's good news. That's good, yeah. Um, you are a big Rob Zombie fan. Yes, I am. You love Rob Zombie movies. Yes, I do. Um, where does this kind of rank oh, for you? Oh gosh, you know I'm not a ranker like you are. Um, am I a ranker? Um, no, not really. I don't actually. know. I might you, you, no, you made you, me rank the Friday the 13th. I did. I made you so right. Well, because you went through a phase for a while where you were like ranking like just the big horror franchises, but I feel like yeah, that's, but like that's a very specific thing. You're not secretly on right. Twitter, and I wasn't telling people what I was right, ranking. I it was just a series of numbers, <laughs> right. but I wouldn't tell people what it was. <laughs> Some people guessed, though. I remember. Sometimes people did. Yeah. Some right. were more obvious. I mean, yeah. Um. I so I, I'm not really going to rank it, but I mean, no, I just kind of where does it okay. fall it's so in much his filmography? Than 31. Okay, it it can't ever take House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects away from me. Okay, um, it's not as t- I hate using any of these words, but it's not like to me, it's not as good as Lords of Salem. Okay, no, I would agree with all yeah. of this, but I still liked it. I'm going to say that. So I liked Three from Hell, even I if I don't liked think it's like. Watching it, like I think I enjoyed it enough while mm-hmm. it was on because I have affection for these the characters, characters yes. and in particular these actors, uh-huh. and I just like how Rob Zombie uses people mm-hmm. um, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, sorry, how he uses <laughs> no, actors no. in his movies. And right. Everybody that pops up is somebody that you're right. happy to see. Yeah. You know, um, a little bit less in this movie, I think, than in some of his. Okay. Like, well, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe there were just fewer, Most everybody fewer surprises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just okay. even fewer supporting characters, period. Right, yeah. Because um, you think back to like Devil's Rejects, literally everybody who shows up, you're just like, oh my gosh, and there's uh-huh. Ken Faree, and oh my gosh, and there's E.G. Daly, and yeah. there's, you know, Brian Posehn. Oh um, I love those movies so much. It wasn't until after the movie that I realized that this is a movie that has no arcs, no character arcs, no story arcs. It's just some people and some stuff that happens. 
And obviously we can't spoil things. Right. But I think that's not great storytelling. You know, it spent a lot of time in the beginning um, kind of catching us up from where they left off right. in the last movie. Um, and I didn't mind that. I did feel like it went on a little bit long. Yeah. Um, but again, I didn't mind it. And I know like I'm the audience for it, right? We are the audience for it. So I'm, I know that someone who maybe is not a Rob Zombie fan would come to this. Um, certainly if they didn't know the other films. If you're not a Rob Zombie yeah, fan, you don't see this movie. This isn't for you. Yeah. yeah. He's really just making movies for his fans at this point. Right, right. And that's fine. That's yeah. good. That's, I'm okay I think Lords that. of Salem was a movie for more than his fans. Right. I think he kind of took a chance there and, and was not rewarded for it. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think he's still kind of licking his wounds. And so we get 31 and Three from Hell, which are much safer movies coming from him, I think. Yeah. Do you think, what about Halloween? I think Halloween was a chance to break out and be yeah. more commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read the article, but I know he recently gave an interview, I think, to Bloody Disgusting, where he said making those movies was pretty miserable. Aww. I think he was very unhappy working really? for Dimension. Yeah. For the man. For the man. Um, <laughs> so he's gone back to making movies independently now. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, those were obviously much more commercial movies and much more successful. I mean, mm-hmm. I think those movies bought him Lords of Salem and then Lords of Salem kind of tanked. Oh, I loved it. Okay. Well, so this movie really just it, it catches us up a little bit. And like I said, it spends a little extra time on that. Um, and then it jumps into... Like, let's just look, let's talk about Baby for a second, right? So where where Baby is and what she's going through. And it just kind of like, I loved her in this movie and thought she was just so funny. Um, but like you said, so in terms of like story arcs, it just kind of does, like stuff happens and it just moves on to the next thing. And it feels like it's moving so quickly. At one point, I'm like, oh, this movie's going to end like already? Like I thought it was done. And then it wasn't. I can't say when that would be a spoiler. But like, yeah, it just there there were like a lot of early big Rob Zombie-esque scenes. And um, they just, I don't know. It's like here's a scene where these characters are going to do their thing. And now we're going to move to the next scene where they're going to take a break from doing their thing. And then they're going to get to doing their thing again. Right. Am I... <laughs> no, I, I understand what you're saying. And it, it tries to... You know, the thing that's so great about Devil's Rejects, the thing that I will always remember about that movie mm. is how it manipulates the audience's emotions to where William Forsyth has them all strapped to chairs and he's torturing them. And it shifts our sympathies to the degree that all of a sudden we feel bad for them and we're like, stop torturing them. Right. That's terrible. And then William Forsyth gets shot in the head, spoiler, and you're immediately reminded, oh, right, he was the good guy. Right. These are psychopaths. Right. They are awful. Right. And yes. you're yanked out of feeling sympathy for them. And this movie tries to do something similar where there's a long sequence of them kind of just fucking around mm-hmm. that's very much about getting trying to engender our sympathies sure and based on the audience we saw it with they were there because they love these characters yes and i don't know how comfortable i am with that right no there were a few there was a lot of laughter like haha we're on their side right they do ugly heinous horrible horrible things really horrible in this movie and to just be laughing at it like this is entertaining these guys are hilarious right is 
a little fucked up to me. I agree. And I saw you react actually like out of the corner of my eye to something where you were kind of like shocked that a certain thing got this big laughter in yeah. our audience. Um, we laughed. There were there were definitely parts like that are funny. They're meant to be funny. That you're supposed but then, to laugh at. Yes. Right. But there's a difference between exactly what you just said. You know, um, you know, they do really, really, really awful things, like you said. And that's what makes it work for me because I am afraid of them. Right. I am afraid to be in one of the early scenes where you're like, now I'm in this situation and there's nothing I can do to get out of it. I am trapped. You know, and that's what his films have always worked for me on this level of like some of it's like really personal fears. Like I've shared before in this movie <laughs> about getting lost in the Parts South. Of the, and right. like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it works for me. His movies always work for me in that sense of like, this is really awful. And there's no, you are trapped and not necessarily even the sense of like, you know, strapped to a chair or something like that, but you're trapped with these people and they do not, care at all right about the about a deal that they make with you about a promise about something that they if you get me this i'll do this they don't care about anything there's no um moral code i guess right right Right. and it got me thinking actually right after the movie i was thinking about how many films have these sort of like standoffs right um where it's like comes down to, and I'm not saying this one doesn't, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. Just like in when it's like a, it comes down to two people with a gun. Right. And you think like in real life, someone would have just shot, but in the movies, it's always like a conversation <laughs> or, you know, well, I don't want to make this too easy. I want to hear this from you or something. So it, it's good for drama. Right. And good for tension and suspense. But um, I just wonder in real life, is anyone ever doing that? Like, is anyone ever right, talking before right. the murder? Like, I want to hear what you think about this or <laughs> let me challenge you to this, whatever. If you pass, maybe I'll let you go. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned Sherry Moon Zombie and yeah. we are fans of Sherry Moon Zombie. Yes. But like, I think she is for sure the best part about this movie. I think she's gone from being what many considered a liability in mm-hmm. his early films. Like, why does he keep casting his wife? Like, first right. of all, fuck you. He can cast whoever he wants. <laughs> um, but I think she's gone from being you know, perhaps a liability to some people to, I think being the greatest asset because I think she gives the performance of the movie. And I'm not just saying that I genuinely think she's really, really terrific in the movie. And again, it's something where it's like they set up something where baby has been in prison Mm -hmm. for a long time. And she, we, we, we catch up with her after 10 years and she's all tattooed and there's this great reveal with a song playing and slow motion walk and mm-hmm. it's awesome. Um, <laughs> and it's suggested that she's gone crazy. Now, obviously she was yeah, already crazy because right. she was it, a but psychopath. It's, it's like, but like it's baby crazy though. <laughs> right. That like she's crazy even for her. Right. And you think that's going to go somewhere, but it doesn't. And they introduce Richard Brake as like the half brother that we never knew about. Yeah. And there's a little bit of hinted at tension that like he's part of the family, but he's not quite part of the family. And you think maybe that's going to go somewhere. Yeah. But it doesn't. That was a little underdeveloped. And everything was. This is the problem. It's like you have the potential for some character arcs. You have the potential for things to happen. I, I mean, I guess spoilers a, a little bit. I, I'm not spoiling anything that happens in the movie, but just the fact that none of it 
plays out. None of it pays off. Right. None of it goes anywhere. Is it the script? Is the script the problem then? Did it not? Yeah. Okay. They needed someone to like add to it? His weakness is as a writer. Okay. I mean, it always has been, you know. He right. should probably collaborate with someone, yeah. I think. Um, he could hire you. He could hire me. And I could be Sherry Moon Zombie's assistant. I think you would do a great Actually, job. Actually, we could do a scene together. That would be even better. Thank you. Did you like my t-shirt that I wore to the movie? I loved it. Was it super nerdy of me to wear my free baby shirt? I didn't see anybody else in Rob Zombie shirts, but I loved it. Especially when, doesn't she, isn't she like holding somebody have a free baby sign or something at Mm -hmm. some point in the movie? Yes. Right on your shirt. Thank you. Um, No, I thought it was great. Thanks. Love that shirt. Um, Back to the movie. I just, I found myself very frustrated that... And and I didn't totally realize it in the moment because I was caught up in the events of the film because there are events in the film. There's no real story, Mm -hmm. but there are events. Yes, absolutely. Uh, And I was caught up in the events and it wasn't until the movie ended that I realized like, hey, no no one had an arc. No, the story didn't have really an arc to it. And and we can't explain really why without being more specific and spoiling certain things. The characters have a purpose and it's just kind of them... Going, to kill. going, going for it. <laughs> There's one. Bill Mosley gives one speech about like, mm-hmm. what else are we here for? I thought Let's, he was great too. He's always yeah, great. Right. I mean, yeah. but he has one speech that sort of Otis's life philosophy and it's very bleak and it's just like, what else are we here for? We're only here for a certain amount of time. Let's destroy as much as we can basically. And I was just like, well, that is fascinating. And that is an interesting encapsulation of right how these characters operate, right. you know, that mm-hmm. they have a, they do have an ethos. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and I thought that was interesting. Again, is it developed beyond that? No. Does it need to be? No, because we see it put into action enough times that like we get it. I thought it was interesting hearing it put into words, but I just wish it, it just, it repeats certain beats of devil's rejects, but it's like a distant echo. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, right. it's an imitation that's nowhere near as good. Right. Yeah. You know, I remember when we saw House of a Thousand Corpses, it stayed with me. It felt like, I guess, when did that come out? 2000 and... Maybe 2000? 2001? Okay. I was going to say 2001. But yeah, I, maybe 2001. Okay, around that time. Um, and I guess, I don't know, would you say that a lot of horror films in the 90s were, you know, horror movies don't need to scare you necessarily, right? They don't ha- You don't have to... They hardly ever do. Right. Um, for you, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's why it was so much fun watching the Friday the 13th movies with you, because you were like literally <laughs> reacting to things. And I was like, I didn't even know these movies had that power. Oh, my gosh. I've seen them so many times, and they never had that effect on me. Like, I never jumped yeah. at anything. I never went, ah, you know, but you did throughout both of them. And I was like, wow, they still have the ability to have this Absolutely. effect on people. And it's fun. Like, that's so fun for me, because I haven't yeah. seen them in forever. Right. And so they, it was practically, like, new again, right? And um that's fun for me. Like, I like being scared in that way. That's fun. And just even, like, I know jump scares get a bad rap, but, like, sometimes they're fun, you know, like, when they're done well. Um, but, no, going back, so House of a Thousand Corpses came out, and it it scared me on this different level. Like I said, it spoke to things in me that I'm, like, really afraid of in real life that have nothing to do with, you know, horror movies or ghosts or monsters or whatever, but... To me, like the monster is real, and sometimes the monster is um, on the side of a country road, <laughs> and I'm lost in Alabama or something. I'm just picking any old state. No, nothing against Alabama. Um, 
We love you, Heath Holland. <laughs> Yay, Heath Holland. <laughs> um, yeah, but that movie, because again, it's like, it really, it made me think about it afterwards. And I couldn't shake that feeling of like, oh God, how awful if if you just get trapped and you right. get stuck. And right. then there's, you're stuck with crazy people who are going to hurt you. And I don't know. I, and maybe, so I was going to say, in the 90s, maybe we were seeing everything. But like, nothing really scared me right nothing made me think about it later like oh gosh how could i like what what would that look like in a real world version right and how horrible it would be i don't know i mean i just loved it for so many reasons and it always stuck with me um so this movie it was again like they are ruthless and they won't stop and that's terrifying but it just felt like um it felt like they were on like a very straight line and on the line it was like they're going to stop here and do this and then this and this and that's it you know like right so just watch them do these things and then it's it that's, that's over you know and yeah. again i didn't dislike it i wasn't upset i wasn't bored but it just felt like it was the, missing something it's missing well, something it was missing a counterpoint for one yeah. in house of a thousand corpses the counterpoint is the young people who are trapped in the in Devil's Rejects, the counterpoint is William Forsyth as this cop who's determined to get them and mm -hmm. is kind of as crazy as they are. Right. And in this movie, there's no counterpoint. It's just them. Someone is going to listen or not. Uh, someone's going to <laughs> argue that with you, I think. And I can think of okay. what they're going to say. Yeah, no, I can just think of what they're going to say is the counterpoint. But here's the thing. Again, it's like counterpoint light. It's not enough right. Right, of. Right. right. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> um. What else? Anything else about Three from Hell that you want to say? Can we talk more about Baby? We can absolutely yeah, no, talk just, more about Baby. That's it. Let's just, this is the Chris Farley show. Did you uh, like, she, did you her, like Sherry Moon Zombie? Her, yeah. her <laughs> performance is what will make me want to watch this movie again. Totally. Because I don't know. I, I liked all the performances. I mean, Richard Brake, Adam Risky has a theory that Richard Brake is just actually that guy. <laughs> um, Bill Mosley is great as always. Mm -hmm, a little less yeah. scary maybe this time around. Okay. Um, but Cherry, you, yeah, Cherry Moon is the is what will bring me back to it. Okay. Um, what did you think about um, some of the earlier? Like, we have D. Wallace. Yeah. Again, it's nice to see some of these actors, and Jeff Daniel Phillips has been working with Rob Zombie mm -hmm. a lot, and he's always good. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the first half of the movie is kind of bifurcated into two halves. He's kind of of the first half, and then the second half is more the adventures of the Devil's Rejects, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, again, I like seeing all the other actors show up. Um, I thought everybody was did a good job. Um, I liked it more than 31. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that might be it, though, in terms okay. of his filmography. I don't know if I liked it even more than the two Halloween movies. Certainly okay. not more than Halloween 2. Right, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I liked it more than his Halloween. Okay. Um, so for me, it might only rank. I'm a, I'm a ranker, as you said. <laughs> uh, it might only be above 31 for me. Okay. I read um, that he had everything set up and ready to go with Sid Haig in his role. Sure. Captain Spaulding and sure. All Out. Um, but that right before, I think, filming started, he got a call from Sid Haig. You know, and this is, again, before filming started, so... A while back, um, saying that he had had some, you know, like a maybe a surgery or some sort of hospital stay complications. Um, and so Rob Zombie knew that he was going to have to 
change that, right, right? right? And so he said he didn't want to have to rewrite everything. So he figured out a way that just, I don't know, like changed it, made it work, brought in Richard Brake. Um, and yeah, I just wish he, Richard Brake changed the dynamic do? somehow. Okay. Right, because the, he felt like he was... The infusion of this character somehow changed the dynamic. Did he feel too much like Otis to you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just right. so. Now, just now there's like a third guy. Otis. It's Cousin <laughs> Oliver. You right, know, right. it's like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. But right. it's not It's not different enough. It's not... Uh, there was no new push there at all. It was just mm-hmm. another Otis, like you said. There was a moment in the movie where I thought that Rob Zombie was going to let these characters change a little bit um, into maybe having a tiny bit of a soft spot in their hearts or like a little bit of a moral code or something. There's this moment and I'm like, oh, okay, how's this going to play out? And then they don't. They don't change. And it's fine. I'm okay with that. Like they're still just crazy killers and they're going to do whatever they want whenever they want. You know, yeah. But there was just this moment. I thought, oh, where is he going to go with that? But it didn't, and it's fine. I'm yeah. not. I'm not disappointed. Good. So yeah, I'm I mean, glad we saw it. Me too. Yeah. Me too. We saw it the first of three nights. Each night there's a different thing. Like last night, it was like Rob Zombie introduction, which was all of about thirty yeah, seconds. Yeah, that was so short. I was yeah. expecting a little more from a Fathom event. The Wednesday night Fathom event is, I believe, a double feature of Devil's what? Rejects and Thirty One. Oh, Thirty One. What? Okay. Uh, and, and, and Three from <laughs> Hell. What? What time? I don't know, Why but do I we feel have, like, like this. And lives and stuff? Uh, it's okay. it's unfortunate, but I honestly feel like if you were to watch this right after Three from Hell. Or, or, God damn it. <laughs> right after Devil's Rejects. I think it might suffer by comparison. This might be even distracting more. you. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think it's your super long fake eyelashes. What about my Dr. Pepper? That you put on and your Dr. Pepper and your ASMR. <laughs> I don't wear fake eyelashes. I know you don't. You're a babe without them. You <laughs> oh don't my need gosh. them. No, I do need them. Please. 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 You please. Jinx. <laughs> you owe me Dr. Pepper. Um, thanks for talking about these movies with me, Bew. Thanks for Thanks for going me. to see them with me, too. Yeah, Not right? only do we podcast together, we go to movies together. We're You're totally date. married. You are my date. You're so lucky. You're my I'm sherry moon. Kidding. Oh, oh, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys very much for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and iTunes. You can listen to us wherever you find podcasts. Email Ooh. us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. We still have a couple t-shirts left. Yes. They're in kind of weirder sizes. They, I think well, we're out of like larges and extra larges. Yeah, but if you not wear weird a small sizes. or a medium, yeah. uh, shoot us an email at this movie podcast at gmail.com because we still have some t shirts left. We have a couple special edition. We do also some v necks and some. Uh, There's a two, I think we have two left of like a purple heathered yeah. soft style yeah. and one that's a baby blue color. Very I special. Know. You'd be the only one in the world with a baby blue one of a kind. movie t shirt. Yep. One of a kind. Powder baby, blue, baby pastel, firefly. I don't know blue. what you call that. Oh my God. Yeah, good tie-in. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter at F This Movie, and we're on Facebook. We are just we're on Instagram too. Day, we're on Instagram too, and we are just days away from Scary Movie Month. So yes. everybody get excited because we got lots of fun stuff in store for this Scary Movie Month. When does the Scary Movie Month commentary go up? October first, baby! Yay! Woohoo! We just recorded that tonight. So. Yes, you did. So I, am I allowed to tell everyone? That you recorded two podcasts tonight back to back. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he That's came how I back roll. from recording the commentary to me waiting here patiently in the basement. That's right. Well, we want to yep. make sure we get a show out this week because the people demand it. <laughs> Hopefully thanks. you guys thanks, enjoyed people. it. Yes. Thanks, people. And thank you, Bu, for talking with me. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you next week, guys.
Thanks for listening to FS Movie.